right. Hello, everybody. I'm very, very excited. This is someone who, well, my whole entire life I've known, and he's been a big part of, you know, what I look at as a role model and things I want to do. He's currently working for a startup. He also has his own podcast. Make sure to check it out. It's League Rundown. We have Sean Duffy. Hey, Sean. Patreon, Boys RS listeners, I can tell we're really enjoying this experience. So I've decided to upgrade our Patreon and what we offer. You'll get all of these episodes ad-free. You will get video of the actual interviews being done. On top of getting exclusive comedy episodes only available on Patreon. Make sure to check it out. The link will be in the description. Hey, bud, how you doing? I'm doing really well. And I think it's really cool that, you know, throughout our childhood, different things like that, I always saw this kind of, I don't know, brilliant communication skill from you. And it's cool that we're able to communicate and do this. And we both started our own podcast. And I think that's pretty cool as well. But just kind of starting out. I'm kind of curious, what are some of your like fondest memories when we were kids growing up? Ooh, um, there's a lot of stuff. We did a lot. We had a lot yeah. of like, you know, events we all did together since we lived, I don't know, at most maybe 10 minutes away from each other. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So most of the holidays were spent together. Uh, I do remember pretty fondly. And this stopped, I'm assuming, because we all kind of grew up a little bit too much for yeah. it. The, uh, zigzag july 4th events right that was a big thing yeah yeah we'd all come over the entire neighborhood would light up there'd be all sorts of random stuff going on um so those were all very very fun we've also done a whole bunch of like camping trips together although Mm -hmm. i couldn't tell you did we go to like yosemite together i know we went to places and i don't know where which ones they were I mean, I remember Shaver Lake. That was yeah. a good one. Yeah. Did we do Beaver Lake too? I feel like we, we did. Mi- we might have done that as yeah. well. But I remember things like, you know, making torches, like, mm-hmm. you know, the baking grease on the mm-hmm. end of the stick and that's right. all of that. That was pretty fun. And, you know, every year during Christmas, I remember we would exchange gifts. That's that was right. one of my fondest memories. And I always remember being a kid and like, the first year you were doing the adult exchange and I was like, Oh, like Sean's leaving. And then like, it's like, Oh, now you guys get to look forward to that. And I don't know. I thought that was a lot of fun as well, but growing up and then into high school, this was something I remember your mom, your dad talking about quite a bit, but just your genuine intelligence and even leading into you getting a perfect ACT score. Now, Give us some background on that, what you found success in school, as well as where you decided to go to college. Sure. So um, I think there's a lot of people who, like myself, just did really well with schoolwork, especially through high school. Um, Things changed pretty dramatically after that. College was its own kind of beast. And I do know I have a number of friends who were Mm -hmm. fantastic in college, could take it in stride, do all the same stuff. But for whatever reason... I had, you know, the stuff to make it work through high school. And mm-hmm. honestly, I think it largely came down to I was always reading my okay. whole life. I read and I would consume anything that I could get my hand on that is written in some way. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that really kind of accelerated whatever natural something I had 
yeah. um, to put me in a pretty good position, at least through high school. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, uh, testing, just stuff that really came naturally to me um, for one reason or another, uh, mm-hmm. which isn't true of like everyone in my family. Ethan did really okay. well on um, uh, the standardized testing. He beat me in the SAT score, something he likes to remind me of. And then I beat him <laughs> on everything else, something I like to remind him of. Okay. <laughs> Um, but that's not the same for all my siblings. Uh, okay. They had their own struggles. So yeah, okay. uh, yeah it's just something that kind of worked for me. And then I had to learn very quickly uh, after graduating and going to college that, you know, I couldn't just keep doing that. Um, and I had to basically relearn how to learn in college, which okay. was its own really like the reason I could even have any success at that level and beyond. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's something that I wish I had learned earlier. Um, But I don't think it's really anything that was taught. It was very hard to like learn this concept without a teacher presenting it to you. Mm -hmm. Um, And so often they're just worried about getting through a lesson plan that it's difficult for you to really absorb the true lessons of school, which is how to stay curious, I think, and how to learn. Okay. So definitely kind of going off of all that, I I definitely think it's funny. I didn't even realize this, but I am a really big reader too. Like in seventh and eighth grade, I got like the million reader award or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, So the fact that we're both kind of similar in that way is pretty interesting. And, you know, the fact that you were able to kind of make it through all of high school without even needing that extra kind of learning process So it's like a lot of times when teachers see, oh, you're doing great. You're getting A's on the test. They're like, oh, I don't even need to teach him this extra kind of thing. And so the fact that you were able to relearn that in college, it's it's pretty impressive. And ultimately, what did you graduate with? Uh, So I graduated with uh, just a BA in political science. Okay. Um, Graduated a little early. I thought about sticking around for like the full four years and I could have gotten a drama minor, but that's essentially worthless and didn't need another $7,000 in debt just to do okay. that. So, okay. So no, I, I completely understand. And I'm just kind of curious, quick question. Have you ever been interested in like acting and pursuing that? Uh, only for fun. Um, okay. Okay. You know, it's, we live in Southern California, so there's always the dream. You can move up to LA, become an yeah. actor. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> I can't sing. I can. Okay. Uh, I could dance at one point, but uh, okay. not after injuries. Uh, uh-huh. And I'm not, you know, I've got a voice for radio and a face for it, too. So oh. I don't know. I, I definitely could see you playing some solid roles. And I mean, that is the thing about Hollywood that I, I definitely find is really, you know, a good thing is if you're good enough at acting, there will be roles for you. You know, maybe you're not going to be the lead, you know, because the lead goes with uh, like a Brad Pitt or Leo DiCaprio kind of look. So but the kind of fact that like if you were good enough, potentially there would be options. And, you know, the idea of just moving someplace and hoping you make it. I mean, personally, that doesn't sound that optimistic for me. But but ultimately, the fact that you're still able to have fun with it. And I think because I've listened to a few of your episodes, you do have a great radio voice. And, you know, that kind of goes into what you were doing for a little bit. You were doing some politics after college. And how how was that experience? Patreon. 
Hey, Boys R Us listeners, we really appreciate all of you that have signed up for our Patreon so far. For those of us that haven't yet, we're introducing a new segment. It's going to be called Ian Rants, in which there's going to be some really exciting backstage look at how Ian feels about different topics. Next up, you get our pre-show, which covers a multitude of topics from social media to advice to everything in between. Ad-free ad free no more interruptions to finish everything up we have video of the interviews check out the boys are us patreon at www.patreon backslash the boys are us that was a lot um i basically my senior year of college was realizing okay i'm getting a poli sci degree which i really only did because you can't do history and make any money um it's actually i think it's almost always like the second worst major to uh or second worst degree to get uh and actually make money with out of college and that's what i was interested in was history um so i did political science instead which is a nice mix of that and uh statistics which is great for data and data analysis was a huge deal especially still now today Uh, but it was really big um, when i graduated in 2014 and was going to school in 2010. so um I realized I needed to just like figure out something in politics because that seemed to be where my degree is. And that seemed the natural first step. Uh, I ended up actually walking into, uh, I went to school at Davis once again, and that's like 15 minutes from the Capitol, uh, the state Capitol of Sacramento. And mm-hmm. so I actually just drove to the Capitol one day in a suit, handed out a bunch of resumes to every open door I could find. Um, and eventually someone called me back the next day. Uh, and I started working for them. And then that just kept springboarding from one thing to another. Uh, one of my favorite stories is um, I had already been interning in the Capitol for a bit. I got along really well with the um, chief of staff there, who's um, still a guy I admire and like a lot. And as I was graduating and literally walking out of my graduation in March of 2014, uh, I got a buzz on my phone and it was um, someone calling me, which is pretty dang rare. Uh, Mm -hmm. So I had to reach through my black dress thing uh, to pull it out and I open it up and it's this guy, the chief of staff. And the first thing he says to me is, uh, what are you doing with the rest of your life? And I said, I have no idea. You clearly timed this well. Uh, I think he was actually there and he saw me spark the call. Um, But he recommended I come down to San Diego uh, and work for um his girlfriend at the time who was running a city council race so i jumped on down here uh literally within about 48 hours i think it was i had moved all of my stuff into my parents home and i had moved down to san diego i lived in a hostel for two weeks waking up to go to work then coming home at like midnight uh, while in between i was uh, actually looking for um somewhere to live uh, so it took me two weeks to figure that one out, uh, working the whole time, found a place and then just kept jumping from job to job. A campaign would end and I'd be right on to the next one. Someone would either recommend me or someone would call me out of the blue. Um, and for a while, I actually got to even avoid one of the worst parts about working in political campaigns, which is what do you do when there is no campaign? What do you do when it's not an even numbered year? There's nothing going on. Okay. Uh, I got... I got lucky. There's always something like a special election. Some city, some municipality will want something to happen. Um, And so I just happen to know the right people who are running some of these campaigns. And for 
a while things were fine, but I wasn't sure something I wanted to do. Uh, 2016 election and the 2020 election, especially at the national level, okay. really uh, kind of cemented for me that this isn't something I want to do long term. I was also starting to approach the point where I kind of had to decide, do I need to make a deal with the devil? You know, is this the highest I can achieve? Um, I was making good money, but like there comes a time when you kind of got to figure out, you know, what exactly am I going to do going forward? Can I continue to do exactly this um, for the rest of my life? I wanted to be in one place consistently, and I was just a, a Ronin traveling from county to county, depending upon the race, every eight months. So made that decision uh, that I need to look for something else and honestly didn't even have to make that one because I got the call for the startup out of the blue, um, literally called me on election day in 2020. And I said, hey, you know, I got this little deadline at 8 p.m. tonight. Can we maybe talk after that? Uh, and I interviewed uh, for that job. And this was someone I never heard of for a job I never heard of in an industry I never even realized existed. Okay. Um, and I was working there by the end of the month. Wow, that's incredible. And just kind of back to the part where you said, you know, making a deal with the devil. I'm just kind of curious, is that like turning the morality meter where it's kind of like in order to get to higher levels, you have to start doing things that aren't necessarily like moral, that kind of thing? Or was it like you just couldn't see yourself putting in the hours or what kind of thing was it that, you know, really ultimately was like, no, I don't want to do that. Yeah, it was a little bit of, co it's a combination of, I think, a lot of things. Okay. Uh, luckily for me, up to that, up to the point that I stopped and jumped out of politics, um, I hadn't ever actually worked for either a candidate or a cause I didn't agree oh. with or didn't like. But okay. when you get to the point where you really are like starting to make money off of uh, your own knowledge and your own ability, yeah. you start to having to court certain candidates or certain causes okay. that you don't really want agree. or okay. like or agree with. Um, and that was pretty much where I found myself. I was okay. making solid money considering what I was doing um, mm -hmm. and uh, the extent to which I was doing it. But if I wanted to grow that, and um, pretty much like take a step back, be more administrative role, which would allow me to then suck in more work and actually do more things. I was going to have to start to spread uh, the portfolio of work I, I accepted and I okay. didn't want to, wasn't interested in that. Okay. Now I really appreciate you kind of filling in on that. I mean, that answered the question perfectly. You know, it gets to a point where, oh, I, I'm not going to be supporting this person. Why would I work so hard to get them elected? Right. Um, I think that's great. And then ultimately, after that, you decided, you know, it's time to move on. And what is the startup you're, you're working at and what do you do there? We interrupt this broadcast to bring you Judge Scuba Steve, a podcast by Stephen Magdaleno. Also, check out Stephen Mag on Twitch. All information in our bio. Yeah, it's a company called Surety. It's okay. spelled S-U-R-E-T-I. Okay. Um, and we're still in beta phase. We're still working on some stuff, but it's okay. in uh, the restoration contracting industry, uh, okay. which is something I hadn't heard of or even thought about. It's the entire industry that rebuilds things. When stuff gets broken, when a hurricane sweeps through, when all of the pipes are frozen in Dallas, Texas, Okay. Uh, when there's an earthquake here in California and you've got to go to your insurance and get them to rebuild your home, someone's yeah. got to actually do the building. 
And so okay. uh, it's a space that's really antiquated. It's um, got a lot of problems and we exist to solve uh, at the beginning, at least one, but we're planning to solve quite a few of them. Okay. I think that's, that's absolutely awesome. And how long have you been there? And then ultimately, do you see this being a place you stay long term? So I was the first employee. There oh, was, okay. yeah. So the, uh, the guy who actually interviewed me was and is the founder. Uh, okay. I say first employee, but um, he does own a lot of different companies. This was the first foray into this particular space. Um, into like a more tech oriented one. So we still had lots of resources to pull on lots of folks that I did work with at the time, even though they weren't really employees. Um, and that was really interesting and fun. And I enjoyed a lot of that. And now we're approaching a stage about a year and a couple of months later after I was hired, um, where things are really accelerating. We're going to see a lot of growth. I've already hired certain members of my team. We're looking at hiring uh, several more. Um, filling a couple of C-levels and uh, VP yeah. positions. So uh, yeah, lots of stuff going on. It's very exciting. My role is constantly evolving based on what the needs are of the day or the week or the month or whatever phase we happen to be in uh, within the company itself. Hey, Sean, I think this is absolutely incredible. I mean, the fact that you got in so early and now the fact that it's blowing up, you're able to like hire people and you're mm -hmm. starting to create people underneath you, you know, and the fact that you got in before it was already huge, because you can't go to a Honda or a McDonald's and just try to walk into a C-suite job or something like that. But getting in early, that gives you an opportunity at this age, especially. And I think that's absolutely impressive. And the other kind of thing I was curious about, you also have a podcast and how long have you been doing it? And you know, not only what do you talk about, but where is it at now as far as sponsorships and things like that? Yeah, this was a really fun foray for me. Um, I think I started on the cast actually in 2013 or 2014. Wow, it's been a while. I can't, okay. Yeah, I can't actually remember the exact date, but the fact that it's been almost a decade now is terrifying. Um, <laughs> I was asked to join the podcast uh, okay. very early in its uh creation. Um, not like super early. I think it'd been around for almost two years at that point. Uh, mm -hmm. What it does is it's specifically about uh, the professional League of Legends scene. League of Legends is the largest video game in the world. It's a um, multiplayer competitive one that features leagues in pretty much every major region in the world. Um, it's a multi-billion dollar industry in and of itself. Um, its yearly competition is on par with uh, the Super Bowl, uh, especially if you are looking at the worldwide audience, it's actually massive. It breaks metrics every year. Um, if you're a big fan of Imagine Dragons, uh, they just actually were the opening act for the final at Worlds last year. Uh, and so what we do is we talk specifically about the professional scene as a whole. We focus on Western League, which is North America and Europe in particular, because it's a uh, the areas of most interest to our audience, but we have people who listen literally from all over the world, um, from Korea to Singapore, to Russia, uh, to Norway, to South Africa. We've got Brazilian fans. We have a lot of Canadian fans, a lot of American fans, et cetera. Um, and we've been doing this. Yeah. For this podcast itself has been around for almost a decade. Uh, I jumped on just to be a co-host. And then when the main host stepped away, 
Uh, he was having a family at the time, decided he couldn't keep going with it. Uh, he asked me to fill in and I stepped in then, I want to say this is about five years ago or so. Mm-hmm. Um, so probably a little bit later than that. I always, I'm just always so off on my year estimates for this, but it feels like a long, long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've kind of just taken it and run with it. Uh, we've grown the cast. We've got a lot of really cool stuff. We used to have just a handful of folks, but I've, um, basically grown the individual number of co-hosts on the cast. We've had co-hosts come and go based on, you know, work stuff and life circumstances. We've had a, we had a guy from Norway who I loved a lot. Uh, we had a guy from London who I liked a lot as well and is still around and pretty active. Uh, we currently have a, a main cast of about six of us. One of them mm-hmm. works um, as a, uh, a host and a um, color commentator and a caster uh, for Ooh. the publisher in the, uh, the academy scene. So like the mm-hmm. second tier. Okay. Um, some of our alumni, uh, one of our alumni, a guy named Dracos, is actually a um, top level caster for the European League. Um, and we have some others who have worked in different aspects of the, uh, the professional scene. So really cool, really fun stuff. We have uh, guests all the time, especially in the off season when stuff's not happening. Uh, we love to get people who are either working directly for teams or retired players or coaches, um, commentators as well, bring them on, talk about their own expertise. Um, but otherwise, we're like a weekly kind of update show, you know, what's going on around the horn. Um, and, uh, we all give our own little takes. We're completely unofficial. It's all for fun. Yeah. We actually, we're part of a network, which is called okay. the Trinity force network. And that's where this started. We yeah. were originally the second podcast for that. It has its main one, which was really, okay. really popular for years. They were doing mm-hmm. 50,000 downloads a week, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, back when podcasts were first still kind of coming into the scene in the early aughts, the early 2010s. Okay. I get you. Oh, did your um, uncle have a Super Bowl commercial this year? And collar and collar. Look sharp, wrinkle, and staying free clothing. Make sure to check it out. Our listeners will be getting a free tie with any purchase with code BOYSRUS. Go ahead, put that code in at checkout, and you'll be getting a free tie. Check out and collar. He had five. So let me actually, <laughs> yeah, he always has, he never has just one. Okay. Let me see what okay. he's got. Um, wow. Yeah. Since okay. they produce, they tend to have their fingers in a lot of different pies. Uh, so the, they had five. So okay. BMW. Okay. Toyota, Amazon, Verizon, okay. and Vroom. I don't know what Vroom is, but, um, the BMW one, I can't even remember. Toyota one was the trucks, and it was um, the celebrities going Jones, Jones, uh, oh. Jonas, that one. Uh, the Amazon one, which I thought personally thought was creepy as all hell, but you know, kind of fun, was the right. one where um, Scarlett Johansson was like married to Colin Jost, and then she would do stuff, and oh. then the Amazon thing would like Alexa would pipe up and say, Reminder yep. to fake your own death or something yep. like that. Okay. Um, I don't remember Verizon. Okay. I think that was the one with the retired football player tackling people, which has been done before, but was very cool. And yeah. I, I have no idea which one Vroom is. Okay. Wow. That's so cool. But like for the Amazon one, that is that what like Amazon called for or who, who makes that like creepy decision or whatever? I don't know. That's a good question for him, but I, I don't, 
I don't know how much control I'm, I know that Amazon has to approve it. I don't know okay. if they have their own creative department and then they just needed production. And that's where, um, my uncle Dan got pulled in. Oh, what is, okay. oh, here we go. Okay. So the BMW coat was with Arnold Schwarzenegger, how Zeus got his joy back. Mm-hmm. The Toyota one was the Joneses. Okay. The Verizon one was the cable guy. That was the one with um, Jim Carrey. That's okay. like misses our generation. Cause that was a character he used to do way back in the day. Um, Amazon was the mind reader and Vroom was flake the musical i don't know what that is Mm. and then as a producer does he get to meet like all the people that are in the commercial yeah oh yeah he'll show up to the shoots all the time so there was a period of time where um like he was meeting a whole bunch of athletes because they were doing a whole bunch of shoots for like the nba and i think they did shoots for the olympics and stuff um so yeah which was very cool wow that's awesome okay have you ever gotten like a chance to go to any of that no i don't i haven't gone to any of those i do okay. think adam may have because adam's kind of getting into this industry yeah a he bit. wants to be a pa i think yeah yeah i'm not sure what his eventual end goal is but well of this course he said part he has of the to start. start yeah he said he yeah. has to start there i was like oh you're not directing a film yet <laughs> yeah right uh i get you for sure but well it was great talking with you i hope you have a great show yeah thanks man appreciate you having me on you know, thanks for taking the time and we'll keep in touch. All right. Sounds good. See you All buddy. right. Have a good one, Sean. You Bye. Too. Bye.